On today's show, from CBS's Big Brother 23, Brent Champagne. What's up, everyone? Brent Champagne for Big Brother 23. Make sure you tune in to hear about my experience in the house and my thoughts on the game. Welcome to the Mike Grant Show. And today's special guest is one of the castaways from Big Brother 23, Brent Champagne. Hey, Brent, how are you? What's up? How are you? Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. You're welcome. So you were recently on the game show. You got evicted. So you're here to talk to us all about your experience. Unfortunately, you didn't make it to the, to the jury, but that's okay. You made it here. And that's what's important right now. Absolutely. <laughs> But first, as Julie Chen would say, before we get into Big Brother, I want to know a little bit about yourself. What did you do before you got onto Big Brother? So I was actually, uh, well, I still am. Before COVID kind of obviously made it a little bit of a roller coaster. Uh, I'm a flight attendant. I get paid to see the world and meet all the beautiful people that come with it. And uh, my passion's always been travel. So I wanted to just submerge myself with a career that allows me to see these places for free. So why did you try out for Big Brother? Was it a show that you grew up watching? So I was, I was actually at my, my friend's house and we just got finished playing a, a game of poker and they're huge fans of the show. So we ended up catching halfway through like one of the episodes of season 19. I sat down for maybe 10 minutes watched a little bit of the show and I was like, you know what? This is something I could see myself doing because I've always wanted to try the reality TV world. And I felt like it was a combination of both obviously the social aspect and the competitive aspect. And I felt it was something I would really enjoy and thrive at. So from that moment on, from season halfway through season 19, um, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make it a mission to get on the show. I applied for the next season, uh, season 20, made it to the semifinals. Unfortunately, I didn't fit that cast and or that season. And then I, I tried again on season 23 and here I am. Yep, and you know what's funny too is just like you started with season 19, I actually started with season 20. So both of us, really? we're, we're late to the party here. Yes. <laughs> um, I actually started with the celebrity all-star editions is what I started watching first and then season 20 came out. Yeah. And that's what got me hooked on it. And I was like, oh, this sucks because this show seems so good. I wish I had watched the first 19 seasons. I heard, yeah, I heard it was really good in the beginning, too, from the first couple seasons on as far as they allowed uh, a lot more to go on on the show. Yep. So tell us what it was like the first day in the house. So when you got called up onto stage, Julie Chen, inter Julie Chen Moonves introduced you. Who, who were the other contestants that were up there with you? And how was that first day like in the house? So it was truly wild. And it was sensory overload in any aspect of just, when I got onto that stage and I'm looking at Julie, 
she's like a goddess. She's glowing. Everyone is just, you know, in awe because we're finally there on that stage. You have all the lights shining in your eyes. I'm standing next to three other of my castmates that I didn't realize were my castmates until we got right on that stage, which was uh, Christian, uh, Derek X, and Kylan. So, I mean, I was just looking at Jules, trying to look at my castmates, trying to obviously stay com composed and, and calm on live TV, and then bam, we enter the house, go have to go straight to the backyard so we're just, just trying to take everything in so i just met julie my castmates now i just saw the house now i'm in the backyard now there's people up top screaming those are my other castmates that didn't even realize were my castmates at at that moment of time and then bam we get onto our markers and uh, julie says get set go and now we're uh, we're trying to solve this puzzle so as you can imagine it was every emotion you could possibly feel as far as excitement nerves anxiety i mean happiness then you're also it's just your heart's pounding out of your neck it was truly crazy and uh it didn't take it till maybe the second commercial break where you start calming down and you're like okay this is this is becoming a little bit more normal you're able to digest everything that just happened so yeah it was it was a whirlwind of excitement and nerves and what are you allowed to bring into the big brother house because obviously you guys aren't allowed to watch tv or anything like that have communication with the outside world. So what what can you bring with you in there? So basically it's all just clothes, um, some products that uh, you can use for obviously healthcare without obviously anything being sharp. So they would take your tweezers away or your scissors. You can't have anything in there that could potentially harm anyone. Um, you're not allowed to bring any type of writing utensils or any type of uh, books to read besides the Holy Bible and or any other religious materials. Um, and that's kind of basically it. That's all you're really allowed to bring in. And then they obviously give you everything that you could possibly need as far as um, stuff in the bathroom, the soaps, deodorants, all that stuff. So we have to pack light, but we also have to pack for potentially three months. So that was a stressful time uh, to say the least. So you really do got to have a good memory in this game because you got to remember things like, you know, what day somebody was eliminated on, what day it is, so what day it is even, you know, so everything's in your head. You don't have a pen and pencil that you can sit there and write these things down with pen and paper rather, you know, which, yeah. which is very interesting, which makes the game kind of cool. So can you tell us what kind of strategy did you have going into the house now eventually you guys were set up in teams but you didn't yeah. know this going in so originally when you went into the house what was your strategy that you thought this is the way i'm going to play the game okay first i'm gonna i'm gonna piggyback off what you said about keeping uh tabs on how many days you're in the house kylan actually came up with a brilliant strategy of using q-tips and every day he would line them up in the windowsill and then obviously tally them off just like you would tally cross them off every five so that was a way for us to be able to track, you know, you know, the time because this, the windows are blacked out. You don't get to see the sun. People think we get to go in the backyard all the time. We only get it like maybe once or twice a week. But as far as my strategy going into the house, I really did want to go in more reserved. I wanted to stay a little bit more in the shadows. I wanted to um, allow myself to observe more than actually partake. Um, unfortunately, Frenchie, wanting to get rid of the meathead right off the bat kind of obviously put me in defense mode. And the team aspect, although it's unique, it actually hindered my game because now I'm working with three others 
that their feelings and their opinions and all that stuff matters. So it makes it a little bit more stressful as far as coming uh, together as a cohesive unit and making those decisions together uh, when we're all trying to play an individual game at the same time. So I did not prepare for that. All my friends that are big fans of the show were trying to prep me. And that was actually the last thing that they forgot to prep me about. So when they saw that on TV, they told me afterwards when I was evicted to like, oh crap, you know, we should have, that was the one thing we didn't talk about. And that's the one thing that happened. So uh, yeah, my strategy really was uh, thrown out the window on the very first day when I found out all those things. So, um, but I tried to make the best of it. I tried to play the game as much as possible. I was a potential target week one. So I was able to get myself uh, off the block when Frenchie was, you know, trying to put one of us up and I was able to make it the week three. So I'm happy I didn't go home first. RIP Travis, cause he's a hell of a guy, but um, uh, at the end of the day, it's an individual game. So I had to throw, I had to throw him into the wolves, you know? So the team that you got chosen to play for was the aces, which was headed by Whitney. And then also on the team was Derek X and Hannah. Now, if let's say you wound up being the team captain or you could have gotten to choose your team. So you weren't the one picked, you were the one who chose. Looking at all the other contestants, looking back on them, who would have been your perfect team? So I do think that all the, the psychological evaluations that we've done prior, um, previously to the show, did, did put some type of strategy as far as production wanting to put the two people up that we would pick from. I don't really think it was random. Um, I think obviously they wanted to make the teams a certain way and allow you to pick randomly, but the two you pick were either gonna be one that really matched well or one that didn't uh, to make it interesting. It is TV. In a perfect world, if I was team captain, um, I, definitely, I definitely would have went with Derek X. Uh, so that I'm, gl I'm glad that, that worked in my favor as far as Whitney picking um, him. And then, as far as the two females go, I do think that Whitney and Hannah and myself, obviously we didn't, we weren't really on the same page often. So that caused for a little bit of uh, tension between my team. But I do think um, people that I would have worked well with, Claire, I do think I would have worked well with Claire. I do think I would have worked well with either Sarah Beth um, and or maybe uh, um, Alyssa because me and Alyssa were pretty close, even though we were not in, on the same team. But I guess it's more or less, you know, you're basing it off of first appearances and you're basing it off of the one statement that they say. So, and with everything else happening around us, I don't know, I think uh, it would have been a, a tough spot to be in regardless. But perfect world, definitely Derek X. As far as the females, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I think Alyssa would have been a good one. I think Claire. Okay. So you lasted for the first three weeks and then you were eliminated. So let's go through those three weeks. So the first head of household was Frenchie mm -hmm. and he was in charge that first week. So tell us what went on that first week. <laughs> that first week with Frenchie as HOH was absolute, you know, chaos. It really was. There's no other way to describe it. I, there was targets, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that memory wall had no more targets at the end of the week. It was just like every person was, was attacked at one point and was in Frenchie's crosshairs. 
And it just kept working out that every single person just kept getting saved. So, you know, originally it was Christian and Christian wins the wild card, saves Xavier. So there goes two of the, the, the meatheads that, you know, potentially Frenchie wanted to go after. And then it was Derek X and Derek X wins the, um, uh, the uh, veto competition, takes himself and Kylan down. So they're saved. Uh, Alyssa was originally another one of the targets, but then he formed the Alliance so got her safe. It was just pandemonium of, I could not, I just kept, I was like a janitor. I kept having to try to clean up after all the, the damage after each person was targeted and trying to do a lot of damage control. But I mean, it made for a very entertaining first week. Uh, I think on uh, Big Brother history. So I do think that we had that going for us, but yeah. It was, it was wild. It was fun. Looking back, I wish it didn't happen like that just because, you know, a lot of people got a lot of bad taste in their mouth from me and Frenchie and Whitney. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just it was funny that it worked out that Kylan ended up winning the HOH the, pre, the next week and then put Frenchie up and it was just very bad timing, I think. Yep. So like you said, Kylan won that HOH and you almost won it as well. Yes, you, it came in second. Close. Yeah. Yep. So the first week, Travis was eliminated. Yes. Then second week, Frenchie got eliminated. Yes. Now we go up to week three. So at 1.2, you were also a have not, correct? That we that second week, yes. Yes. So what was that like for you? So I've been dieting and weight training my whole life. So the dieting part and eating stuff that you don't really feel like eating, I'm kind of used to. But that slop really is just not enjoyable. Thank God Derek X is a great chef and he was able to kind of, you know, play around with some ideas as far as making the slop enjoyable. And he came up with slop chips, was able to deep fry them, turn them into like a, a tortilla chip and we were able to dip it in some uh, salsa. So if it wasn't for Derek X, we all would have starved to death. I truly believe that. So shout out to Derek X for, for absolutely, you know, saving us in that. Um, but it didn't make for your energy levels and everything like that. It does make the game harder. It's supposed to. Um, it's not supposed to give you any type of edge, even though it's everything you need to stay alive. It's just not enjoyable to eat. So you find yourself just drinking a ton of water more often than not, keep yourself full. And then when you're competing in those competitions, the memory comps and the, the physical comps, it messes with you. You know, it's part of the game. That's why you're supposed to compete not to be a have not. Um, but yeah, my experience overall was I got the full big brother experience besides the showman's. I got the backstab betrayal. Um, I got to compete in the competitions. I got to know what it was like to be a have not. Um, I got everything except, you know, a few things as far as a win or <laughs> a showman's. But other than that, I played the game and I experienced it all. It all so, um, and that's slop and everything else that comes with it. So. Yep. So on week three, Xavier was the head of household and you were also in an alliance with Xavier, correct? Two days fresh. And, and, yep. and you actually, you actually had a couple alliances too. So let's talk about those alliances that you had. Okay. So I had two, well, I had three uh, pretty big alliances. The first one was the slaughterhouse that was constructed by Frenchie. I didn't really approve of that one because that was the last one brought into that alliance. And there also was a ton of people in that alliance that was, we were already butting heads and 
coming after a, a few of us, you know, me and Christian, Frenchie tried to pin us against each other, and, which is brilliant on Frenchie's end. Um, and then you have Alyssa that's just been nominated on the block, and so is Thailand, and they're on the block, but they're part of the alliance. So it was just getting so messy. I really didn't like that alliance. I just could not say no to Frenchie because I was already a target and I got out of his crosshairs. And then we have the radicals, which was the Kings and the Aces. Um, Alyssa came to me saying that her team wanted to work with mine. I was like, of course, I trust Alyssa. We like the Kings. My team has previously already talked about potentially working with them. So we made the radicals because we had an inside joke about being little rats. And so that's where that came from. And then we had the mafia, which was Kylan's team, which was the Queens and mine, which are the aces. We came together, we created the mafia. Kylan wanted protection on his HOH reign. He was afraid that he was going to get um, targeted the next week. So more or less, we just came together. Uh, they were beating around the bush. I said, why don't we just make an alliance? I thought I was very well protected. Joke's on me, because <laughs> I was not. But uh, that's the game, you know, expect the unexpected. So Xavier put you and Brittany up for elimination. So why do you think you were the target that week? So right out the gate, he said I wasn't the target. He said I was a pawn. And obviously there's no world where I'm a pawn and Brittany's a target. Um, just it does not work like that in this game of Big Brother. And there was no benefit for me being on the block as far as it really doesn't make any sense to me. And it didn't. And I was very vocal about that right out the gate when he even mentioned putting me up. I knew that I was the target the whole time. And I was kind of getting aggravated that everyone was trying to say I wasn't the target because like I said, nothing added up. Um, it was more or less me having to just depend on my team and or the alliances, but these alliances, some of these people have already kind of betrayed others and myself in the past. So it was very tough to even think that, you know, if everyone would stay true and in the big brother house, a lot of people don't realize this. You could spend two hours talking to someone and think you're on the same level of understanding. And then 10 minutes later, it's all forgotten. So it really is wild that you have to keep just reiterating and having the same conversations over and over again. And it kind of insults uh, people's intelligence because they think that you just think they're an idiot, but it's like, no, I got to make sure I keep saying this because 10 minutes later, someone else talks to you and your whole mind's completely changed. So I really was just hoping that my alliances would be able to bail me out and that at least my team would stay true to me because it didn't make sense for them to vote me out, which I was surprised about. It was only week three. I could still help them win HOHs and keep them safe. I told them if I got eliminated, they would get picked off. And that's exactly what happened. Thank God Derek X won an HOH later on because after Whitney was gone, he was, they were going to just nominate Chada and Derek X and then pick them again uh, off to it. Because I, I truly felt the, the Aces were the only other team that could compete with the Kings. And I don't think the Kings wanted to take a stab at the Aces because if they were unsuccessful, we would have came after them. And we already had an alliance with them. But to my understanding, Whitney and um, Hannah led the charge as far as getting rid of me. So with Xavier having that on a silver platter, I mean, how is he going to say no to that? He has the team's blessing to get out the only other team that has four people to give them the numbers. And also they have the blessing of no bad blood. 
I mean, I would have took that deal as well if I was a Jesuit. So it's the name of the game, but yeah, there was no point in time to ever think I was not the target. I mean, they just totally blindsided you 11 to zero in that final vote. Were you surprised that you didn't have any votes and who were you most shocked at that they didn't vote for you? So I, like I said, I need, in a perfect world, I needed just the six to five. I needed people to stay loyal. And it was uh, Kylan and Derek X have already uh, have betrayed me in the past. So I really was hoping that Alyssa would give me that vote that I needed to solidify just in case one of them went rogue. Um, because if the mafia stayed true, because I already knew that the Kings were going to betray me. If the, the mafia stayed true, I had the votes. But if Kyland and or uh, Derek X didn't want to vote for me, I needed Alyssa's vote to make sure that it stayed six to five still instead of five to five, because then it just would have gave um, the, what do you call it? Um, the HOH, the, the deciding vote. And I was just definitely going to go home. I was really uh, shocked that Alyssa didn't give me a vote because we were really close. And I heard from the people in the live feeds that she cried and bawled her eyes out the night um, after a DR session that she knew she was obviously going to uh, portray me. So at least those tears mean something that, you know, she didn't want to. It's just everyone's going to go with the house. And um, a few other people most likely didn't want to vote me out. But you can't go against the numbers or then you're just the next reason to go up. So I understand it. Uh, my team not trying to keep me, I think, was very... Um, stupid of them just because no other team is going to help keep you safe. So if you get rid of me, who is another, you know, opportunity of safety that early in the game really didn't make much sense to me and, or a lot of other people. And it also solidified with the three other teams that they were willing to vote me out and I'm their teammate. So the other three teams have said vocally, on the live feeds that how can we trust them when they voted out their own teammate so i really did think it was just not a good move and they should have waited until at least right before jerry to do that but it is what it is and some people blew up their own game because of it but i could have acted as a shield for a very long time and i guess they didn't see that right before you were eliminated whitney had a conversation with you yes i can remember you that can you tell us a little bit about that conversation and what that conversation meant to you? So Whitney was basically just trying to, like I said, me and Whitney um, were teammates, but we did not get along. She did not agree with what I wanted to do. I did not agree with what she wanted to do. Um, beautiful person inside and out. We just did not see eye to eye on a lot of things. And to me, it felt like she was more concerned with not playing the game and, you know, just making friends than actually playing the game. You know, your teammates on the block and you're not really rallying or campaigning for him. You're just cuddling. So that adds for a little bit of tension. And then she, from day one, she wasn't really truly on my side as far as she would always be, you know, calling me out for certain things in front of the other teams. Um, nothing bad or big. It was just like, why bring attention to things and show people that we're not getting along? when we're in a game of trying to hide everything. So she would do that publicly a few times. And she was just having a conversation with me on the couch about how I should just kiss everyone's butt. And 
I'm not that type of person. Uh, I'm not going to clean up after everyone. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not their father or their mother figure. Um, Cause that was one of the big concerns of why I wasn't cleaning up after the other housemates. I, cl I cleaned up after myself and the people that cooked, but I'm not going to clean up after everyone else leaving all this stuff around. It's we're all adults, some younger than others, but, and it was basically just a conversation about how she wanted me to basically, you know, smile and nod and say yes to everything and not uh, stand up for what I believe in to some degree, as far as, you know, just basically do what everyone says. And I was very vocal on that live feed during that conversation where, you know, I was just like, uh, everyone can um, just mind their own business to keep it clean. Uh, but yeah, I am many things, but I'm not one to beg, nor will I ever beg. So it, it was more or less her just trying to convince me that, you know, I didn't play a good game. But it was ironic because I was playing way more game than she was. So, what was it like when you stepped out of those doors? You're eliminated, and now you're coming back into the real world. You, the first person you see is Julie Chen Moonves. She's getting ready to interview you. Are you like, oh, this is finally over? Or were you like, oh man, I, I wanted to be in there and really show what I could have done? Yeah, walking out was bittersweet just because I, you know, I was going into a world that was going to be telling me the truth a lot more often than not with the relationships I've already built outside. So that was great. And I was able to get a sense of relief that now I can do what I want to do, see the people I want to see, have that freedom again. But at the same time, I'm super competitive and um, I wasn't able to really showcase a lot of what I could do, especially with it being so many house guests in the beginning. The competition is a little bit more luck and skill. Pool shark, for example, you're pushing a ball. If you get it in, you get it in. If no one else gets it in, you win HOH. Wasn't really much competitive edge in that or anything you can use as far as your ability is concerned. And the memory comps is basically more or less who did it faster and who was able to look at the certain things that were going to be asked by a random question at the end. So if you were looking at a skyscraper and you weren't looking at the fanny pack someone was wearing, then you're going to get the question wrong. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, I, it was nice to be able to be free of lying, deceit, and betrayal. But at the same time, same time, that's what I signed up for. And I would have liked to have gone as far as possible. Um, I like to be in, in uncomfortable situations. So it's part of my lifestyle. But yeah, uh, hopefully I get another chance at playing the game and I'll make it to jury that time or even win the, the 750,000. Or it might keep going up, you never know. You never know. Could be a million. Yeah, it really could. So now that you're home, you finally get to watch, you know, the episodes, see what's happening now. What are you most surprised at? Is there a particular person that you think, wow, this person fooled me. They're really playing this game good. Or anything that you may have learned that you didn't know when you were in the house. So I was surprised to know about people's real occupations with Xavier not being a bartender, he's a lawyer, and with Sarah Beth not being a voice actress, she's um, you know, a forensic scientist. Things of that nature were very surprising. Just to learn that Big D is Joe Frazier's son, I mean, that's wild. Um, but I was really surprised of how much influence uh, Tiffany had. I really was shocked to know that she was basically running everything behind the scenes. 
everyone H O uh, everyone's H O H um, always had her, you know, her words in everyone's ear as far as what they should do and how they should do it. Uh, obviously, creating the alliance, the cookout, and being one of the reasons for that success. Um, yeah, I just truly was not expecting that. Not saying anything about her as a player, just more or less, I didn't really see her do much in the house. But the whole time, she's doing everything. So it was, it was, it was, uh, it was surprising. It was to see that she was running everything. Yes, the cookout has made it to the top six. Just so everybody who's watching this knows, um, as of this filming, we are at the top six. We haven't seen the second double eviction night, so we don't know who went home yet as of this airing. So right now, the top six is the cookout. They made it all the way to the end. They got everybody eliminated. So what I want to know is, I mean, they played a great game. Nobody had any idea this alliance. And as far as I know, because I haven't, you know, seen the earlier seasons, um, this is probably one of the greatest alliances, or if not the greatest alliance in Big Brother history, Absolutely. you know. Uh, has to be from what I'm hearing from everyone with the way they played the game. And it was really smart how they paired up with somebody too. And, and said, you know, like, if you go on the block, your partner's going up on the block and we're all going to vote to eliminate that person. So I want to know, um, what are your thoughts on their strategic game plays? Honestly, it's brilliant. Um, no one saw it coming. No one could even, even fathom that that was, would be the case as far as, like you said, pairing up and having that best friend. I mean, it really was brilliant because it was so many different members of so many different teams that were working together since day one and stayed under the radar for as long as they did. I mean, there was a, a few times where people started to catch on a little bit, myself included, when Xavier wouldn't nominate Azo when everyone knew that like we were going to put up Oz on Brittany and or another Joker to take away a vote from uh, Brittany. But because we thought there was an all girl alliance happening. But yeah, I mean, when when he wouldn't put up Azza and I went to go talk to Hannah and then Hannah got upset about how I brought that up. I started to put a little bit together, but it was not much. You know, it was I was far from uh, knowing the whole truth of the alliance, but they were smart on their ends. Anyone that sniffed out anything, they got rid of them right away. And they made it to the top six. They're making history. If there's no battle back, they'll continue to make history. Um, and yeah, I mean, rightfully deserved uh, an alliance that will go down, like you said, as you know, one of the top or if not the top alliance of all time of BB history. And that's speak, that speaks volumes. So um, and, and they really played it smart, too, because like um, somebody else had said somewhere else that it's true. They were never almost all in the same room together. I know. They made sure no one knew this alliance was going on. They secretly report, you know, back yeah. to each other, all the information that they needed. So they, they made their way to the end and they, and they did it. So they did. they did a great job. Now, what I want to know is, and we could be wrong by the time of this airing because we don't know who got eliminated, but... I want to know your predict prediction for the final two and who do you project to be the winner of Big Brother 23? I think it's going to be Xavier and Azza. I think Xavier is going to win the 700. That's exact, you know, that's exactly what I was thinking because I think that Azza has been playing it very good, very smart because she's getting by just enough 
where she's not a threat per se, but yeah. she is a threat, you yeah. know? Because yeah. she's, they're going to think, oh, I'm bringing Aza to the end with me because I can beat Aza. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think, and that, yeah, I think that's the way like, they're thinking. Yes. And Aza and Xavier are great friends. Yes. And I do believe that uh, Big D will be voted out uh, before Aza. So I don't really see it being a Big D and Xavier final two. But I do see, um, I do see Tiffany and Kylan being targeted very quick. Uh, as far as being in the final six. Um, so I do think more or less, Xavier has a great rapport with everyone. And Xavier is playing a great game. And he, you know, through the comps, he needed to throw and he's winning when he needs to win. He has a great BB resume. So regardless of who he brings to that final two, whether it is Chada, whether it is Big D, whether it is Aza, he has, he's going to win, hands down. It's just, he has the BB resume to back it up. And he's done what he needs, has needed to do to get there. I do think if it's Xavier and Kylan, obviously you have a little bit more of, you know, could be up in the air as far as the jury um, maintenance. But yeah, I just think that if Tiffany could get to the final two, she would most definitely win. She just played too good of a game socially and then she got the competition wins that she needed to get, the first ever HOH back-to-back winner, all that. You know, so she built up her resume physically as far as socially. Just don't see her getting to final two just because of her going rogue on that HOH and everyone kind of doesn't trust her. But if she could manage to get there, I mean, I, if it was Xavier and, and Tiffany final two, which it would never happen, I think, uh, I think uh, Tiffany would win. You know? Yeah, I, I agree because I think if Tiffany was somehow able to make it to that final two, she's yes. going to win it. And then being able to get, she also stuck with her guns with getting rid of Claire, her best friend and her best ally. And that to me could be something she could use when she preaches her case to the jury that, listen, I'm willing to do everything and every, uh, anything to get here to win this. And I even got rid of my best friend when I had so many other options because of my individual game and staying true to the cookout. I mean, to me, it's another argument that would make her, her case stronger to win $750,000, you know? Yep, exactly. So what would advice would you give to somebody who wants to try out to be on Big Brother? There's not much that you can really say besides be yourself. Or you're in there for potentially three months and whoever you try to pretend to be during the, the whole process of auditioning, auditioning, they will find out very quickly because of all the psychological evaluations, all the different testing you do uh, prior. It all doesn't match up and they will catch you. So be yourself, make sure that you're going in uh, who you truly are, what you truly believe and all that because they're trying to fill roles and they're trying to make it entertaining and they're trying to find different types of people with different types of ideals, beliefs, backgrounds, everything. Once you stay, you don't stay true to who you are, they can sniff it out and they'll, you know, let you go. So the best advice I can give anyone is be yourself all the way through, have fun and don't try too hard. And what do you have lined up next for, what is next for Brent? Um, so there's uh, different opp- opportunities when you, when you get onto a reality TV show. And I signed a contract with CBS for two years. So obviously the potential of doing other TV shows as far as anything that is 
linked to CBS. Also, too, you know, there's a, a doors of doing celebrity boxing and modeling and all this other stuff. So uh, it's the world is kind of your oyster once you get your foot in the door. And um, it's your it's your obligation to shuck it, you know, and make the best out of it. Uh, but um, for right now, just allowing the opportunities to roll in, uh, taking them, weighing them, seeing which ones I want to go with and then going from there. All right, and now it's time for the lightning round where I'm going to ask you two things and you tell me which one you prefer. You got it. So the first one is baseball or football? Football, all day. Roulette or slot machines? Roulette. Mashed potatoes or coleslaw? Mashed potatoes. The tortoise or the hare? Tortoise. Superman or Batman? Superman. Temptation Island or Love Island? That's a good one. Um, Love Island. Who doesn't want to find love? You know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> listen to your heart or listen to your mind? Heart, always. Would you rather go on a boat ride or go skydiving? Skydiving. I get too motion sick for, uh, for the boats. <laughs> Dodgeball or paintball? Paintball. Kangaroos or koala bears? Kangaroos, they're badass. Soda, do you want ice in it or no ice? Ice. And which came first, the chicken or the egg? I'd say the chicken. Okay, thank you so much for joining us here today, Brent. Appreciate you having me, thank you so much. Can you tell everybody if they'd like to contact you and follow up and see what you're up to, where they could find you? Yeah, absolutely. If you guys want to ask me questions, get to know me, follow my journey. Um, my IG, my Instagram is my main source of social media. The main way you can get in touch with me, that is at fly with champagne. So fly F-L-Y with W-I-T-H and then champagne, C-H-A-M-P-A-G-N-E. Um, as far as any type of shout outs and all that stuff and want to, you know, get to know me uh, a little bit more and me meet your family, friends and all that. I have a cameo that is just my name. French champagne. Um, and then, yeah, that's all I really have for now. But uh, if I have a TikTok or YouTube channel or Twitter or anything like that, I'll make sure to post all that information on the IG account. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. And everybody, be sure to follow me on social media. I almost never say it in any of these episodes, so I have to start <laughs> saying it. So follow me on uh, Instagram. It's at official Mike Rand. Facebook, it's official Mike Rand. Twitter, it's at Mike Rand com. C-O-M, and the official website, MikeRand.com, and YouTube, The Mike Rand. So thank you guys for watching today. Thank you for joining us, Brent, again. Thank you for having me. And we'll talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody. See you guys.